Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, May 4th. S&P futures are trading down 32 points. That's about 1%. They're down at 2790. Europe, which remember was closed on Friday, is playing catch up to what the US saw on Friday. So Europe is trading off about 2.7 to 3.7%, depending on the index. Asia was also in the red, although mainland China and Japan were still closed, but Hong Kong was trading today and also was playing catch-up. So remember, they were closed Friday too. Hong Kong ended the day off uh, 4%. So obviously, red across the board, continuing the theme we saw in the U.S. on Friday. Um, You know, I think before kind of getting into negative news, I think a lot of this also is you have to put in the context of, you know, U.S. equities had been overbought. Um, Remember, I continue to think that the market does not deserve to be above 2800 they had been above 2,800 for a couple of days. Um, and so I think a lot of this is just kind of returning to a more normal level in the market um, after being overbought versus reacting to some you know, substantially negative fundamental development. Um, that being said, I think over the last 72 hours, there have kind of been two major themes that have emerged in the market and the media um, and then investors as well. Uh, the first one being there's a, you know, I think there's a stronger distinction being made between reopening, which is governments lifting lockdown restrictions and an actual normalization of economic activity, which is really what matters in terms of growth and, and earnings. So you're seeing the former occur throughout the U.S. and in Europe. Um, but the latter is still um, very uncertain at the moment. And you're not, you know, it, it's too early necessarily to make strong distinctions, but they're clearly not occurring at the same pace. You're clearly not seeing economic activity normalize um, in conjunction with all of the lockdown restrictions being lifted. There's obviously a lot of economic damage that was inflicted. There still has, you have enormous unemployment and you still have a lot of, um, you know, social distancing policies in place among retailers, et cetera. So I think because of all those reasons, the economic normalization process is just going to be it's going to take a lot longer. It's going to be more arduous and it probably will be nonlinear in that you're going to see setbacks along the way. So I think that's one major theme that's kind of emerging in the market where you I think in April, you definitely celebrated some of the initial lockdown restrictions being lifted and you had rallies on days where you saw a lot of different various states and companies make announcements. I think it's just dawning on people now that. Um, you know, there is a big distinction between that and and normalizing economic activity. So that's the first macro theme. And the second one, I would say, is just rising U.S.-China tension. So this is something that has been kind of percolating beneath the, beneath the surface for a couple of weeks now. You've, de- you've definitely seen rhetoric out of the White House and various different officials um, turn more acrimonious towards Beijing. I think in the last couple of days, um, this has kind of uh, returned to the fore as, as far as a major macro concern um, as far as a major macro issue. And so you saw some more rhetoric over the weekend. Um, again, just in terms of, of identifying the origins of this virus, did it come out of a lab? Didn't, did, was, it, was it naturally transmitted from some type of an animal to a human? Um, there was an article in Reuters today that's probably the most incremental one um, for, you know, as far as Monday trading is concerned, just talking about how the White House plans to ramp up efforts again to, to rip supply chains out of China. It talks about tariffs, being a possible retaliatory tool. Um, you know, I don't think the White House is going to take any draconian measures right now. I do think, though, that rhetoric is absolutely going to um, dominate the wires for at least the next several months, especially as we head into the election. Um, you know, clearly, and this and it's, it's a bipartisan issue, but I think, in, you know, Republicans specifically have uh, are going to make China a centerpiece of the election, and they're going to you know, attempt to tie Biden to China as part of that process. So I definitely think U.S.-China tensions are becoming a larger issue. Like I said, I don't, I don't think you're going to see any major um, 
actual steps get taken at this point in time, but even the rhetoric is not going to help. So those are the two major themes by far, um, I would say, for this morning. There were a lot of April manufacturing PMIs out in Asia, and then you got the final one in Europe as well. Um, You know, pretty bleak numbers, but again, I don't think anyone should really be shocked. I think the whole world knew that April was going to be an economic disaster. And I think the big question is still whether or not you see some stability in May from April. So the first May data point gets released on May 22nd. So I don't think the manufacturing PMIs out of out of Asia today are really driving the market materially. Um, and then I, I continue to think that the remdesivir catalyst that we saw last week, where we saw the NIH data get get um, get released in part, we still have not seen that full data set actually yet. So that is something to that markets are, are waiting for. Um, and then you saw they got FDA emer- um, emergency approval on Friday. I think that was a huge catalyst, the anticipation of that had been a huge upside catalyst for the market. I think now that it's been removed, it's actually now a headwind. So um, like I said, I, I, I had always thought anticipation of that drug was going to be more powerful than the actual data once it hit the tape. Um, and that's proving to be the case thus far. And you know, it certainly is, is an important medical milestone and Gilead should be commended for it. But it just doesn't really shift the narrative as far as markets are concerned, I think, um, for the coronavirus. There were a lot of, of uh, vaccine headlines out on the tape. Um, Trump gave a town hall last night where he talked about it. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's really driving a lot at the moment. There's a lot of optimism around this Oxford University vaccine candidate where officials there continue to insist that they should know by June whether or not it will be effective. Um, and, then, and then ideally, in their minds, if it is effective, they could have kind of... Um, you know, an improved, tested product out on the market by the end of this year. And then it's a question of just manufacturing. Um, you know, again, unclear if that will come to fruition, but there's not, there doesn't seem to be too much optimism uh, around the vaccine headlines that were out from the weekend. Um, so those are kind of the major themes and setups for this morning. Like I said, my views on the tape are still the same. I'm not necessarily extraordinarily negative. I just think that the market back in April um, above 2800 had been, uh, you know, too enthusiastic on a couple of themes, specifically there's reopening and then, and then some of the therapeutics specifically remdesivir. So now that we're back below 2800, I think we're going to mark time here for, uh, for a while. Um, I don't, I don't think the downside risk is tremendous. I think the S and P should hold above 2600. Um, I had published last Thursday, a list of critical market questions that I think need to be answered before you see a more sustainable rally. I have the link to that again in the piece this morning, and it's up on the website. For me personally, I am most interested to hear from companies throughout the May and June sell-side conference calendar. So there are a million sell-side conferences coming up over the coming weeks in May and June. Um, I think it's going to be one giant continuous earnings season. I think that a lot of companies did not provide guidance because they don't have a lot of visibility. I think they're waiting to see how business trends progress over the reopening um, over as, as restrictions are lifted over the coming weeks. And so I think you're going to see companies at each of these conferences provide you with you know uh, specific updates on trends on a week-to-week basis. And I think that's what investors are really kind of uh, eagerly waiting for. Remember, we had Visa MasterCard last week talk about positive linearity. You had a lot of companies, Apple included, echo a lot of those themes that you have seen trends in the last few weeks of April pick up from the initial weeks of April. That that probably shouldn't be too shocking, just given that you saw such an abrupt um, and material slide in economic growth in late March and early April. So the fact that you're seeing a little bit of improvement shouldn't necessarily be surprising and certainly encouraging. But I think investors really want to hear if that linearity is is continuing and if it's continuing in a meaningful way. 
um, you know, if the declines go from down 60 to down 30 to down 20 and then stay at down 20, that's clearly not going to be a positive. You, you know, you want to see some of those growth rates uh, return to positive territory, at least approach the flat line. And so I think that's going to be, um, you know, probably the most important theme over the coming weeks is just listening to corporates give updates at these various different sell site conferences um, and this whole concept of linearity. Um, and there's a, I have a schedule of the conferences in that piece that is uh, on the website. As far as this week's calendar is concerned, um, you, you know, you're, you're in the final, you're in the final stages of the, of the official Q1 earnings season. Um, a couple of big names, Disney tomorrow night is probably the biggest. Otherwise though, we're kind of past the bulk of the season as far as the major macro companies are concerned. Um, so those are going to be the primary catalyst this week is, is, is earnings. You have a, a few economic data points, including the U S jobs on Friday. But like I said, I think the April numbers are largely irrelevant at this point. The, the big question is whether or not you see some stability in May versus April. Um, you know, the jobless claims are, you know, th- those are that give you that gives you immediate insight into, um, you know, the state of the U.S. jobs market. So I think the jobless claims on Thursday will be, again, more important than the Friday monthly jobs uh, jobs report. And that was that was the same case last month as well. Um, so those are kind of the major themes and trends for today. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>